Welcome to Courageous Conviction. Remember that Jeff and I record each Saturday five episodes. So please hit the like button, subscribe so you catch all five episodes. We usually start out with one theme or topic. We have to go down a lot of rabbit holes to really understand it. Some things are more sensitive than others right now, what's going on in the world. So hit the, hit the like button, subscribe, and let's jump in to this video. Good morning, good morning, another Saturday morning out there with Courageous Conviction. Today, we are going to talk about a very sensitive topic. The new LDS Communication Director supports pride and pronouns. I was going to jump off a little bit of quick radio. Greg Mattis was mentioned this yesterday, and I think this is going to be a little bit of a sensitive issue coming out. And we'd like to talk about this a little bit to kind of prepare us and buck up our seatbelts for what's going to be coming out from the church communications department over the next few years. Jeff, good morning. How are you doing today, bud? Morning, Eric. Doing well. Good, good. So what's your take on, you've had a chance to look at this video, and it's kind of funny, You, we both saw it at the same, at the same time, and I'd seen it a little bit earlier, by the time you sent it to me, I had, I had opened it up exactly on the job site I was looking at, went out to the truck, I was going to send it to you, and you already sent it to me. That was kind of uh, interesting. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Yeah, you know, um, this is a big deal. Um, I think a lot of members of the church are going to be upset about this. And, um, of course, there are going to be some others that think it was a long time coming and that the church needs, just needs to recognize uh, this group of members, no matter how small, but not... Uh, insignificant by any matter of means. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, this gentleman here, Matt, right? Greg, uh, Greg Matt, Greg Matt, Greg Matt, Greg Matt, yeah. I think the name is Greg Matson with quick radio. Yes. Matson, yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he brings up some great points, you know, I mean, nobody's, you know, really against uh, transgenderism. It's just that the church does have a policy and it, this looks like a, uh, you know, this director is coming up with with uh, supporting, you know, transgenderism, which kind of goes against the grain of gospel doctrine. But is he or isn't he? You know, so I, I think there's uh, something to be looked at. Is that part of the question? Is that that we're going to dive yeah. into today? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we'll, we'll just talk a little bit about it. You know, I don't want to necessarily. Greg does a really good job on it. And, um, you know, we can, we'll put the link to, to Greg's podcast down below. And, um, but, you know, I think, I think what we need to talk about a little bit is, you know, it seems like the church just keeps bending and bending under President Nelson. We've bent a lot. And I think you're going to start seeing some come down the road of, you know, you had a bishop <clears throat> just resign or in Mississippi this week, he stepped down. And, and I didn't look into all the details of, of why he stepped down. I just saw a few comments, and so I really can't really speak as to why he stepped down. But I think you're going to see more stuff happen like this when you're going to see the church is really, to some, it's going to look as if the church is becoming political. And you know, Jeff, in, in a lot of ways, the church has become political. They're trying to bend before we had that, that course we stayed. And I think the church is being political right now. Again, I fall back to 
trying to keep the temple doors and the church doors open in a lot of these countries where the um, where the government is not exactly pro First Amendment, if you if you, if you know what I mean, it's not exactly like pro freedom of speech, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, freedom of speech, it seems like we're you know, having some issues there in, in this country about that. You're not allowed to say, say certain things because it's everything is hate, you know, and, and that doesn't really seem appropriate either. We should be able to talk about sensitive things. Well, you know, it's, 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 you're right, Jeff. We should we talked about this, I think, I think a week ago or so, but I, I don't remember which, which, which talk I was listening, listening to. It was, an, it was an older talk. Talking about, um, I don't know if it was, it was President Hinckley, maybe, had delivered a message talking about um, pride. And just don't misquote me if, if President Hinckley, who it was exactly I was listening to, I try to take a point to listen to a conference talk, you know, every morning before I start work, kind of put the Lord first and, and before I really little trip before I start my meeting too. Anyway, um, I was listening to this and talking about pride. He was saying that no pride, no pride is a good pride in the church. Pride always carries with it the 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 baggage of, or I should say, one of the one of the baggages that pride carries with it is the fact that people are sensitive. You can't you can't speak the truth to people because they get easily offended, right? Yeah. And and I think you're going to start seeing now. I was complaining that <clears throat> that I feel censored at church. My bishop asked me, you know, um, the high council was come to me and said, hey, you know, we should we shouldn't talk about these. And it's funny because that's in my ward, and and I never talked to anything about candidates or politics or anything of that nature. I would just quote in Section 88 and happen to talk a little bit on the importance of us in trying to pursue, as we talked about last week, the whole the whole immigration topic a little bit to try to try to bring these people into the Lord so that they aren't coming to devour this nation as the the, the prophecy is right. So we can try to set of the course of our country back online and you know not going down that rabbit hole we did that last week i think we did a really good job on that in in, in trying to explain that that balance of being a member of the church and the the immigration issue this issue though jeff is you know you're going to come out though and some are going to say well even greg and, and one thing one, one of the things i i about greg is he really tries to walk on eggshells and he really tries to be a really nice guy and not hurt anybody's feelings. And, 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 and I, and I can appreciate that. But, but he's saying like this, this new communication director he said, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure he wants to do the Lord's will, et cetera. And I thought to myself, well, great. Well, you're just saying that to kind of, to try to satisfy the other side of people instead of just making the, the point that, Hey, if this guy has an agenda, because on his website, Greg was reading, and you could, people could go into this podcast of his and, and listen to themselves. He shows a lot of the, 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 the reading directly from the website and the, I believe it's a Twitter page, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, of this communication director coming in. And his support for the LGBT community is not just a outreach. It is a, hey, we, uh, we actually support you going forward with this. And earlier you made a comment, and I, th- I know what you're talking about, saying that we're not against transgenderism. Well, you know, we actually are. We are. We are very much against changing our gender. That's you know, really, a, it's a bastardization to, the, to natural law and to Father's law. And Father is greatly against it. You know, does he love people when they screw up and make mistakes? Sure, he loves you and I still not right. We made a lot of mistakes, 
And, and, but not down that road, you know, that's a road you can't come back on. Right. That's one you just, it's irreversible and he still loves, but is it something that we support? Absolutely not. And the message is going to come out now is, Hey, what do we support? Um, I, I think it's going to give hope to the whole LGBT community that ongoing revelation will eventually accept this type of, of matrimony in the temple. I think that's what people are going to think and the thing's going to happen. I only think it's going to make the problem worse and not better in their whole outreach program on this. I think it's going to cause a lot of division at church. I know, Jeff, what, what, are you, what are you feeling, sir? Well, I mean, we got to take a, a closer look to, at the actual church handbook and see what it says. You know, the church doesn't take a position on the causes of people identifying themselves as transgender, you know, um, which means that, hey, we don't know how people have gender dysphoria. Um, that's not really, really the real issue. If a member decides to change their preferred name and pronouns, um, those name preferences can be noted in the name field on membership records, you know, um, so a person can also be addressed within the ward with using their preferred name. And that's coming right out of the church handbook, you know, um, 38.6.21. Um, see, now, see, now, see, I'm going to take a Jordan Peterson on that in the church. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Heavenly Father's not going to change their name. He knows them by a name, and that has to do with their gender, right? He's not going to change their name. So I don't understand why we're going to bend there. I just, I got a problem with that. Yeah, well, that 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 is part of the you know the problem. I think that at least as far as the conversation is concerned, should we be able to talk about it? And I think, um, yeah, of course. Um, I don't think we're going to be talking about it anymore. We're not going to be able to talk about these things anymore because they're going to be too sensitive. If somebody is you know leaning that direction, that we're not going to be able to discuss these things openly anymore. It's going to be like taboo again. So, so we're, so still, we're still counseling against trans transitioning, which is a difference. You know, if people say, hey, you know, um, I feel this way and this is what I am or whatever, that's one thing. The other thing is actually going through with it and changing, even on a social level. Um, uh, and those social transitions include changing the way they dress and groom and changing name and pronouns um, other than one, you know, oneself from when they were born, right? So leaders are advising that those who socially transition will experience some church membership restrictions, and they continue to do so. Restrictions include receiving uh, the priesthood, uh, uh, using their recommend, uh, the temple recommends, and even some church callings. And although some privileges of church membership are or restricted, other church participation is welcome. So probably like prayer and things like that well, you but know, you know that's that's huge think about that for a minute they, they change their name the church records are going to what then change their gender as well on the records no i don't think that they're saying that it's just a space in there if they want to have a preferred name they can they can say that so so that but the church is still not coming out saying that um that there aren't restrictions with that you know yeah you can do it you know you can you know my name can become sally and the church is going to say, okay, but, uh, you know, cough up your church recommend, you know, the temple recommend. And, I think, I think you know, Sally would fit you cute, actually. If it would fit you. Yeah, yeah. Sally, Sally would be a good name for you. <laughs> yeah, the facial hair of a Sally, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a little vogue, <laughs> a little vogue these days, you know. <laughs> um, hey, you know, I, I, 
I don't know anybody that is transgender that I, I, you know, personally, it's not that I haven't come across people. We see them in, you know, in stores and we see them, you know, in our communities. I go to school to drop my kids off and there's, you know, a transgender um, person, you know, that drops off um, their kids and picks them up and, you know, I just try to treat them like anybody else. Um, you know, we're not having conversations, but you know, we're that that's what we're finding in our communities right now. And, and, and how do we want to act? I think it's important to be Christ-like. And I think the church is choosing that right now. I don't see anything in the language that says anything about, Hey, we're looking down the road and saying that, you know, temple recommends might be available to people that want to, you know, change their gender. That's not going to happen. You know, it, you know, well, you say it's not going to happen. Right. But I think that people are starting to think, lose their testimony because things are happening now that we also thought were not going to happen. That's the problem though. I mean, they're seeing this and reading in too much. I think, you know, I'm, I really, you know, if the church, if it gets to the point to where, restrictions are lifted and transgenders can start going to the temple and going into the women's, you know, locker room or vice versa, then that would be a different story. But it's not, you know, it's not right now and it won't be tomorrow, you know, because the church is not going well, we to change know that. the family. But in people that are leaving the church because they think that they, they're reading into it and seeing something wrong, you know, they're also subject to... Um, losing their testimony and and becoming, you know, letting go of the iron rod. Maybe that's the thing that's going to trip them up. So um, I think I think this is going to trip up a lot of people. I really do. And, and, and I'll tell you what, if we were to go back, you know, go back to the days uh, prior to us leaving the church. Right. And then and, and this is what clear with our with our with our audience. Jeff and I have been active in the church, fully active in the church for many, many, many years. We had a period of time during our lives shortly after our missions that we decided to go AWOL. And um, Jeff and I met in Costa Rica through this, just kind of give a little background, people just coming into us. And and so we're not talking about, you know, <laughs> we're talking from experience of, of what's going to cause people to, to leave. And if you've got, an, got a little bit of an issue, right, you're already having an issue. We're already having an issue still coming off of the whole lockdown, the, the whole vaccination thing, right? There's still people... The kind of really sore over that issue. You've got the fact that young men now that were that got the jab, uh, there's a high rate of 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 heart failure. Um, I can't remember the name of exactly um, the, the, the 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 medical term for it, but the amount of young men under the age of thirty, between like age thirty and twenty and thirty, that are actually just dropping dead. I think we talked about how it increased from from. Prior to the jab being issued was like maybe you'd say, oh, it was a 20% of, of athletes, for example, that would fall over. And let's just say there was maybe 20 a year. And now it's gone to like 50 a year, right? And so they're trying to say there's some relationship there. So what's going to happen then if, you know, some of these young men that were in the mission because they were, the church was obligating everybody. I know down in, down in Ecuador, if you wanted to actually put in your papers, the 70 made you get the jab before you could even turn your papers in. And I, I argued that down there. I was in the stake and I, I kind of tried to bring that to the attention of the area presidency. And through my stake president, obviously went through proper channels. I can't over jump him. 
And and we just came back that just to be obedient, that's that's what we're that's what we're requiring. I thought, well, that you're taking away their agency. That's just not fair. Because my son Bryant was was just going into the MTC when everything shut down. So he did MTC at the house, right? And he he because he spoke Spanish from us living down there and, and him being there constantly with me, um, he didn't have to, he only had to go to the MTC for three weeks. And so he was called to Toriaba, Mexico. Toriaba and um or Toriaba, I can't remember how it's pronounced. Anyway, they put him in Utah. Put him in Utah, St. George Mission, and he was serving there, probably maybe maybe mm, you know, about a year or so, and it came up to where, okay, we're going to send you down to your mission, but you have to get vaccinated. My son looked, said, look, with all due respect, I've done my research, and I don't want that. I don't want it. So the his mission president said, fine. You know, it didn't send him home. So that's your choice. We're not going to make you get, get, get the jab. So it's interesting how here these missionaries had that opportunity, and down there they didn't. So my point is going to be this. If we understand certain things here, Jeff, Right. I understand certain principles because the church has been established here in America for, you know, just under 200 years. But if we go take some place like Ecuador, Costa Rica or in Latin America in general. But Ecuador, the church has only been established maybe 50, 55 years. Right. And, and we're going back to like the people we lived with was the original bishop that was called in this whole native community that we lived in. Now there's three stakes of that native community, one of which I worked in. But he. um you know, they just until now, the leadership now could read and write. So they could only go off of what other people would tell them, the leaders of 70. And it still happens that way. So some of these 70 that are just kind of <clears throat> learning how to be leaders in the church, right? Which is very different than being, being leaders in business, and being leaders politically. Now, there's some crossover there. Yes. But in just for just in summary, now it turns back to you, but they're going to take this. And, I, and just like they stood at the pulpit and said that it's a commandment, you have to get the jab. You know, I'm just using that term right now for, for YouTube purposes. But you have to get the jab or you're just being disobedient to the prophet. Follow the prophet. Do what the prophet does. If the prophet does it. That's a commandment. And I thought to myself, wow, but where is that agency in seeking for our own understanding, right? The prophet's not going to take agency from us, nor is he ever going to. To subject us to putting something into our body, we don't want to put our right. bodies. That's our responsibility, right? And it's, so it's going to come down to the same ideas. You're going to have certain leaders just take this to another level and say, oh, this is okay then. And they're going to give temporary. Look. I thank you for being with us on Courageous Conviction. Remember, there's five episodes each week that we put out. We have to go down a lot of rabbit holes. So stay with us. Hit the thumbs up. Subscribe. And don't miss tomorrow's episode on Courageous Conviction.